the Renaissance, you might think of nude sculptures, of dramatic portraits of Adam and Eve, or Adam and God, and Adam and, I don't know, another Adam. But you're probably thinking about something having to do with the realm of art. I mean, the Renaissance is often quoted as a period in European civilization following the Middle Ages. It's seen as a surge in interest in classical scholarship and values. It's the revival of classical learning and wisdom that had been long lost during the Middle Ages. The Renaissance forever changed the world of arts, of politics, of religion, even of economics. And it thrust the world into the modern age. I mean, the Renaissance is seen as the beginning of modernity. But what if I were to tell you that the Renaissance isn't really even a thing? First of all, thank you to all my lovely listeners and listenees. This is going to be just me for this wonderful podcast, so I really hope that you don't get bored of my voice. A couple of housekeeping pieces. I know I have been all over the place with posting, both here on YouTube. I mean, there's no order. So I am making this statement here and now, and hopefully you will keep me to my word. I will be posting podcasts every Tuesday until Christmas, so stay tuned. Also, if you'd like to financially support my channel and you're able to do so, I recommend you check out my Patreon. Join the crew. You will get access to episode scripts, to documentary scripts, to entire series on ironically, yes, the Renaissance. So it's a lot of fun over there and you will support me and all my dreams. So, so I want you guys to close your eyes. Well, actually don't if you're driving, but let's head back in time to the Renaissance that may or may not have been a thing. I want you to place yourself in 14th century Italy, in Florence, to be exact. So first of all, what was the Renaissance? It was a fervent period of European cultural, artistic, political, and economic rebirth following the Middle Ages. Generally, it's described as taking place between the 14th and the 17th century. And the Renaissance promoted the rediscovery of classical philosophy, of literature, of art. Some of the greatest thinkers, authors, statesmen, scientists, and artists in human history thrived during this era, during while global European exploration opened up new lands and cultures to European commerce. The Renaissance is credited as bridging the gap between the Middle Ages and modern day civilization. So to understand the Renaissance, we really have to go back to the Middle Ages. So Petrarch, a famous philosopher, coined the term the Dark Ages for the Middle Ages as often being branded as a time of war, of ignorance, famine, and pandemics such as the Black Death. It was a period where everything was dark, where there was no thinking, where everybody lived as ignorant sheeps under the Catholic Church. So people were focusing on surviving, and that's it. And that's how the Middle Ages was different from before. And so, well, to understand the Middle Ages, honestly, we're going to have to go even farther back in time to antiquity. So the Renaissance is seen as a rebirth of knowledge, knowledge that had originated in antiquity, in Athens and ancient Greece. You see, the ancient Greeks were seen to have builded on discoveries and knowledge of civilizations in Egypt and Mesopotamia. They developed 
sophisticated philosophical and scientific culture. So just picture people lounging about, debating one another in some sort of philosophy. They wore robes and ate grapes and, well, you get the drift. Actually, that might be more the Romans, but tomato, tomato. So the Greeks emphasized logic and championed the idea of an impartial, rational observation of the natural world. So from here we get the great minds of Socrates, of Plato, of Aristotle. We have the first historian, Herodotus. And so, fast forward a bit, and then the Romans went on to look at the Greeks and went, brilliant, logical thinking, good reasoning, let's continue that. And so the birth of Western reason is often seen to have started here, in antiquity, with the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans. But after the fall of the Roman Empire, there was a sort of, well, in accordance, this is how it is taught in school, the world, namely Europe, fell into a period of cultural decline in the Middle Ages. So for example, if you take the public baths that were very, very popular during the Roman times, they just kind of fell to ruins during the Middle Ages. I mean, there was a whole thing where public baths were seen as immoral because, you know, everyone's just naked and lounging about. So I guess that was one of the reasons why Europeans stopped bathing regularly during the Middle Ages, and that contributed to death and more death, especially during the Black Plague, because everyone's filthy. So, okay, the point is, the world was no longer enlightened by philosophy, and everyone lived under the will of the Catholic Church. And so that is what we think about when we think of the Middle Ages. We have the loss of reasoning from antiquity. And so, in the 14th century, there was a whole cultural movement called humanism that began to gain momentum in Italy. Humanism promoted the idea that man was the center of the universe, and that people should embrace human activities, achievements in education, classical arts, literature, and science. So think about how monumental this is. I mean, we're focusing on the individual, on the human, not on God. And this is where obviously we get the idea of humanities. You know, that thing I'm studying, paying thousands of dollars to go to college, probably gonna be broke in the future, unless I get a patron. So that's a great idea. If you guys wanna go join my Patreon and become my patrons, that would be great. Okay, going back to the original story. So why did the Renaissance happen in Italy? Not in India, not in Spain, not in Germany. Well, the answer is money. So Italy is perfectly situated in the Mediterranean between the Muslim world and the Western Christian world. So on the East, there is trade and the West wants whatever the East has. That is a tale as old as time. So Italy is making money both on creating its own goods, such as Florentine wool, and also creating mechanisms that facilitate the trade of said goods. So there's essentially a lot of money coming in, and this money helps pay for the great thinkers, the sculptors, the philosophers, who probably would have died of hunger if nobody financed them. Like I said, humanities doesn't exactly make a lot of money, but the people who support humanities do. And so, this is where we get the famous Medici family, a family who ruled Florence. They were patrons of the arts. They made money and they spent money supporting artists and essentially financing the Renaissance. 
Think of Michelangelo, Botticelli, Da Vinci. All of these were Florentine painters that at some point or another had very close ties with the Medici. And the most famous patron of the arts was Lorenzo il Magnifico. Last time I'm going to plug my podcast, I have two episodes out on Patreon, so you should join the crew if you want to. So back to the story. It is pretty interesting, because the reason why this family spent so much money on supporting the arts was essentially to get a free pass into heaven. You see, the Medici were bankers, and the art of lending money kind of sends you on a fast track into hell. It puts you actually in the seventh circle, to be precise, alongside the sodomites and the blasphemous and the whores. So the Medici essentially were pouring money in order to create things such as the Santa Maria di Fiori, tapestries, cathedrals, paintings depicting the beauty of Christ. Because, I mean, you cannot burn in hell if you paid someone to paint the Madonna for bazillion times. That is what I'm assuming they were thinking. Nonetheless, money was being poured into art, and so this created some pretty insane innovations for art at the time. We had the formulation of rules of linear perspective that organized a unitary space. So kind of think about The Last Supper, how the room gets smaller and smaller in the back and people get larger and larger in the front. There's also the focus on the human being as an individual and also a rejection of decorative elements and the return to the essential. So focusing on the painting, not so much the gold plates surrounding the painting. More importantly, we stopped painting just Christ and the Virgin Mary a trillion freaking times over. Artists started depicting myths and legends from ancient Greece and Rome. They were kind of having an ode to their forefathers. So the idea of humanism, or studia humanitatis, refers to the idea that rather than concentrating on religious matters, they're focusing instead on what it means to be human. And they're looking at the philosophies of the ancients. So this is exactly what humanism was. It was focusing on the interest of the human, on the needs, considering people as rational human beings and spreading those ideas throughout Italy and Europe. And many people saw this as being awakened from the dark ages, as being more enlightened, of coming up to a secularized approach. And while yes, the church was technically losing credibility, the church was very corrupt and there were rumors of incest, prostitution, corruption, people were still very religious. So there was no automatic break, no automatic rupture to start the Renaissance. And so this takes us to the main problem. Nobody really knows when the Renaissance started. There's no timeline, no battle, no discovery, nothing to pinpoint the start and the end of the Renaissance. I mean, did the Renaissance end with the discovery of the Americas, 1492? Or maybe the Protestant Reformation? But all of this is still kind of early. I mean, da Vinci still hadn't even finished making his most notable works of art. So. Did the Renaissance end in the 17th century? I mean, that's like 200 years after. That is a lot of time. So yeah, the timeline in the Renaissance is a little messed up. <laughs> and also it's important to note that the enlightenment of the Renaissance didn't happen for everyone. I mean, this was a period of learning and enjoyment of the arts that happened for the select very, very rich and their very, very favorite artists at the time. 
But most people, yeah, they really didn't have the luxury. Most people living in the 1400s, 1500s, hell, 1600s, were still peasants struggling to survive, to not die of plague, of starvation, of, I don't know, someone else's war. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis was a huge problem. So what I think I'm trying to tell you is that there's no direct timeline to the Renaissance and it happened for the very, very select, the very, very elite. And what I think is probably the most interesting part is that the Renaissance is seen kind of as this rediscovery of philosophers, of Greeks, of the Romans, but it's kind of hard to consider something as a rediscovery if it had never really been lost in the first place. I mean, the ancient Greeks and the Romans had been studied in depth and preserved and remembered and translated in great depth by the Muslim world surrounding the direct European Christian world. So their rediscovery in the Christian world was really only kind of coming back as new information to Europe because that information was very much existing in the outside world. I'm not trying to say that the Renaissance isn't cool. I mean, honestly, it's probably one of my favorite times in history if we do consider that it actually happened. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Hope you have a fabulous day, a marvelous day. I need to come up with a catchphrase, a very good catchphrase. So if you have any idea for catchphrases, how about you DM me or something? I don't know. Wish you all the best. Goodbye. Now, join my Patreon and I'll take catchphrases there. (laughs) 